0: And here goes chaos. Welcome back to the Chili Dip. This is going to be a very interesting episode. We have Chris returning for what Can I just say something?
1: I'm in a while. Can I say something uh, quickly? Go ahead. I want to, this is for episode 50. Is this episode 50? No, you missed episode 50. It was the (laughs) master. This is 51. In honor of episode 51, halfway to 102, everyone who's listening, thank you. We've never said thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our listeners. We appreciate everyone. Keep listening. We have good stuff coming. We have a lot of good guests. That's all I'm going to say. We'll announce them later.
0: Well, what's what's 102? What's the significance behind 102?
1: Well, it's, I thought it was episode 50, so it's going to be an honor episode 50. Oh, but okay. if it's 51, it's an you know we're well, halfway now it to just seems completely arbitrary. So we're halfway to 102. The- halfway to 102 that's a road to number. 102 if we hit
0: 102 we're just vibing
1: probably won't get there
0: i mean we'll see we we, we will we'll troop it <laughs> we're joined by our good friend colin
2: Sargis, aka
1: the i was gonna say
2: are you guys gonna introduce to me or do i gotta introduce myself here just talking uh, about we're gonna
1: wait for time. how long you could sit there awkwardly
2: <laughs> colin was saying
0: before the pod he he might not say a single word so we're already doing better than we thought here he's he said like six words in the first two minutes so congrats colin great entrance You guys had
2: 50 51 uh, episodes of this or is it 51 followers no
0: no 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 51 come on 50. i mean what are we running Don't like this like operation here we're 50 51
2: <laughs> i didn't realize you had 51 episodes that's incredible thank you
0: yeah it's it's uh yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in every week. <laughs> Clearly, he's an avid, <laughs> avid listener.
2: Oh, that's horrible. I apologize. Now, I've listened to a few episodes. Thanks. Paul really did was the best episode early on. That was a great interview that Chris had with him. Oh, Obviously, yeah, last week was great. Honored to be following Whitney, and uh, hopefully, hopefully next week is just as good. Right? I don't know what you have not at, but. Yeah, we we, don't
1: give anything away. Can't give anything away, but we've got some good stuff on the docket. So Colin is, we play a lot of golf with Colin. He's a member at our our home course. And his big Achilles heel, he has never broken par at the course. He's come close a lot of times. It's just one of those things. Hasn't gotten over the hump yet. Never
2: No. I guess guess that's a great way to introduce myself. Thanks, Chris. Um, (laughs) Definitely Donnie Ross, you know
0: he's a tough guy to beat i mean he's a tricky bastard you know his greens they'll get you
2: 50 what's your low at braver uh
0: 68 how many times how many times probably 20 i don't know
2: wow okay yeah i putted
0: 17 from 15 feet last year and then hit it to a foot on 18 to shoot 68 so could have gone lower. Could have been borderline course record watch, but we're not going to talk about that.
2: You think you were on Macario watch?
0: I wasn't. I was actually only one under through the front nine, and and then I just started going deep on the back. But just popped off. I I actually was five under through six last year, and it got dark, and that was really uh, <laughs> one of the worst moments of my life.
2: That yeah, will keep you up at uh, night. Yeah, we was playing late in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, we was playing late in the afternoon, and I. I hit it to like two inches on five from 260, almost made albatross and I was just off and running and then the sun sets on the next green you're like god
2: damn it you throw a dart on
0: sick no I think I hit it to 30 feet or something wow yeah pretty special let's get to the real golf though I mean who gives a fuck about about my rounds Stuart Sink on the other hand Maybe gave us a reason to care this week. He's 47 years old. The guy just won two PGA Tour events in the last like what six months.
2: It's pretty yep. insane. It's all his son. season, right? He's a multiple time winner this season, given that yeah. the season, Yeah, he yeah, won no. the first event at Safeway of the season. Right. I thought, have we had, had any Safeway. other multi winners this season?
0: Him and Bryson. That's it. I mean, so he's in great company. Oh, I guess Bryson with his wing foot win, right? uh bryson won he won arnold palmer and, and yeah, i guess foot. i guess his wing foot count oh, i don't even know but i did see that stat he's the only other multiple multiple winner this year i mean the guy just played insane golf all week yeah like this was his worst round and he still cruised to a victory
2: it was almost his best round though because he didn't need to force anything he just steadied the ship the whole way around which is all that he needed to do right yeah, there's he something made, to be said about that. He right?
1: made like 20 combined feet of putts today. I think the longest putt he made. I didn't see him tap out on 18. How close was his putt on 18?
2: Like a He made footer. a decent, he made a decent six putt on, on on 17. He dropped what like a 15-footer, a 12-footer, 10-footer for birdie. Yeah, those
1: were besides 17 and 18. The longest putt he made was two feet. It's crazy. That's insane. Just cruising around.
0: So it just must, I didn't really get to watch a whole lot today. Must've been stress-free pars then. I mean, he must've been just lagging it up there. Cause there's no yep. way he, I mean, the way he was hitting it, there's no way he was scrambling around. No, he was no. though. Just- no, I mean, it's, it's impressive. It, it's fun to see his son out there too. I mean, his son's clearly enjoying it. They've got the matching tan line. I like that was blowing up all week. It was just fun to watch them and see their reaction after winning. Cause Who knows how long this is going to last for sync, right? Like he could, he could never, he's probably never going to win again. Let's be honest. He could disappear off the face of the earth tomorrow.
2: Yeah, he could, but he's definitely going to be contending. I feel like the next few tournaments, if he continues to play the way he does. I agree. I mean, he's been steady all year. What was he at the masters T12 at the masters sneaky? I think so. He he earned his way in next year. Uh, Yeah. And he won this year. So he's definitely going to play the masters next year. I think I I think I heard the stat when he was in the Masters this year. He hadn't played a Masters since 2014, which I think he was away from it for seven years. So the fact that he came back, won, worked his way into the Masters, won again, get to play next year, it's pretty cool, now.
0: Yeah, I mean it's Chris. We talked about it last week, Owen and I. Sneaky, really hard to get into the Masters. So as a 47 year old guy, crazy, huh? not a past champion. That's impressive stuff.
2: Right, it's all past champions, really, that are the old guys that play there. Yeah, yeah, you got to be. And then solid. you know you got your Jimmy Walkers of the world, who are still riding their exemption from five <laughs> years ago. R.I.P. Jimmy Walker. He'll,
1: Jimmy Walker will never step foot on Augusta again, probably, for the Masters
0: in a competitive round. I
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe, he's maybe he could, <laughs> for uh, him. Maybe he could earn his amateur status back and play the the Anwa, but I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think he's playing in the Masters. <laughs> He's what, like 590 in the world right now? You just now? said Jimmy Walker's going to play in the Anwa. Yeah. I think he has a better chance of playing the Anwa than he does of playing the Masters. That's what I'm
2: <laughs> A couple of resurgent stories this year. I mean, Lee Westwood, obviously, I think he yeah. hadn't played in the Masters since 2017. So he took a four year gap and then his game improved. Well, he
0: played, he played last played in November. November, and he almost—he was leading after like the first day. Like he was—he was right there, and then he, uh, classic Lee Westwood fashion, just faded. But he was right
2: there after the first day. I remember. People love the Stewart Sink father-son story this week, which yeah, kind of 2021 year of the caddy, right? You got uh, Lee Westwood and his and his fiance caddying, and now you got this story with the sinks father-son out there.
1: Do you think you the kids was... getting
2: paid? Do you think he's getting paid? Oh, more? he's getting
1: paid. Yeah, he turned down his job at
0: Delta last year to get on the bag. I knew he turned down a, a job, but I mean, what do you think? Of his course, how could you are? not
1: pay? How could you not pay your son
0: for? Yeah, for that? yeah, that's fair. I mean, Stewie seems like a good guy, but if this was Kuchar, do you think Kuchar's paying his son? <laughs> yeah, Kuchar's
2: <laughs> maybe him. Well, my son's getting paid, right? I mean, if you caddy for your dad on the weekend, he's going to pay you.
0: Yeah, in most cases. I mean, we maybe that's
2: me because I'm a spoiled son, but. Yeah, that's probably
1: yeah, just you way to out yourself
2: yeah i mean did
1: hear, that's me did you hear what uh his son said on 18 he goes hey we're built for this we're built yes. for this
2: That we said up, something and we he said was like i was ridiculous. ready for
1: a dog fight he was like i was ready for a dog fight but but no <laughs> one came to fight he was like it was a crazy conversation on 18
2: he said something in an interview yesterday or the day before. He was like, "Yeah, I'm the one calling the shots out here." <laughs> I was yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, Regan. I don't know about that, buddy.
0: I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if if you know if Sink hires another caddy, that this kid goes on to caddy for another tour guy. I mean, it seems like clearly Sink just won two times. Seems like the guy knows what he's doing. He's a pretty good caddy. So
2: you know. Would you say that Lee Westwood's fiancé can go get a caddy job on yeah, tour? Yeah,
0: I, I would say so. I I think Helen's killing it right now. She's taking Maybe. all the pressure off Although
1: Lee. you can't slap her ass when you will in a six-footer. Definitely not. Watch like,
0: what it it you say, Chris. Watch what you say. That would get you in some trouble.
2: Try not to get canceled here, buddy. Uh, other <laughs>
0: stories this week. Uh, Corey Connors really continues his run of play. I mean, the guy has been a machine basically since – Arnold Palmer finished T four Had a good showing at the masters. So I I'm honestly looking at Corey Connors to have like a really, really good tour championship type season, you know, probably, I think he'll knock off a win here. Cause he's just giving himself too many chances.
2: I agree. Yeah, he's been playing exceptionally.
0: He's a flusher. And uh, I mean, another guy, we haven't seen him forever. Dude, Emiliano Grillo just plays well at, I mean, you could pick the weeks like, ball strikers golf course this guy's probably going to be there it's actually not putt it's just ridiculous
1: do you say grillo or griot i
0: used to say griot because that's i think how a spanish pronunciation would be but he uh, says it's grillo but i think it's grillo or
1: yeah he he said it's like grillo which doesn't make any sense that's the most gringo thing i've ever heard
0: but it's i mean he (laughs) says it like what are you going to do about it
2: yeah, there was a good storyline on Friday. I bet on uh, Siwoo Kim to uh, beat, uh, I think it was Sung J M in the matchup that day. M versus Kim. Siwoo Kim had like the lowest round going all day, except Sung J M birdied maybe three holes in a row and they had an eagle right after. And uh, yeah, you probably cut this part of the show. <laughs> it's tough to it's tough to see what's
0: going on with sung jay's game because he played awful at the masters and like you know had a solid
2: it, right yeah he shot like a yeah, million he took him in a bunch of our pools and he absolutely killed us especially those ones where i don't know if you play in any of these masters pools sean but if the guys missed the cut they give him like an arbitrary 80 and if you have guys that miss the cut you're just automatically wiped from those pools
0: yeah i i don't as an ncaa athlete ncaa rule got
2: to avoid that but Watch I, what comes out of your mouth, Colin. I did see Ooh, that. I did. You're not allowed to do pools just for, you know, pride with your buddies, you know, just. I mean, I've got
0: enough on my hands, you know, as is with the, you know, basically a golf media member. You know, I'm trying to, yeah. trying to manage a podcast out here. But I did yeah. see as a golf media member, I did see that Sungjae played very poorly at the Masters. Um, you know, another guy that was up there was, was Varner. Varner he just kind of pops up every now and then. It's like, man, this guy's good. Like, how does he not contend all the has time? Has
1: Varner played in
0: a
2: Masters? <sighs> I don't what think what do you so? think? I feel like he has. He's gotta be up there enough, no.
1: I feel like he hasn't played in a
2: Masters. No, he's never competed. Wow.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's kind of crazy. crazy. It's he's crazy solid.
2: Like he's just so solid.
0: They look at his scores this week, 66, 68, 69, 66, just really consistent. Uh, DJ, DJ finding a little bit of form. I heard he switched putters. Like, he he can literally putt with anything. He could putt with a hockey stick, and he I don't think he'd putt. He'd putt exactly the same as he does with any other putter. I mean, the guy just – it seems like he just putts average every yeah. week.
1: I don't know. Yeah, why do you think he switches so much? There are a few guys on tour who switch so much, but –
2: they're still decent putters. Yeah. Did someone come out putter. Did you guys hear someone come out the other day and say that they wanted to, maybe it was Billy Horschel. He was talking about the arm lock or like how players are yeah, like,
1: Horschel
2: was saying yeah. it should be outlawed. the putter with basically the forearm, the way Zalatoris or Webb Simpson have been doing it. Yeah, and Bryce.
0: Mike. Mike is all over that. Mike Pascalini, former Chili Dip member, he's all over the anchoring thing with the arm lock. I don't really care. I mean, if if it was that good, everyone would switch to it, you know. But you don't. See yeah, but point. more people are switching to it. That's fair, but it's it's the people that can't putt and they still can't putt. So yeah, the good putters are still the good putters. Yeah, like I mean, the, the best putters on Torp, Denny McCarthy. He's gaining. He gained a shot. He gained a shot per round last year and he's putting with a normal putter. I I don't think it's that big a deal, but some people get all worked up about it. I got to shout out
1: Danny Willett because he out of the woodworks, he always plays in well in the off field events or like the bootleg events. Not that this is really a bootleg event, kind of was, but he's been playing really well this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, people were picking him coming into the November Masters because he was actually playing decent, like kind of contending. Sneaky revenge tour. Sneaky was a revenge tour. Uh, besides the field, what do you guys think about this golf course? I mean, we've talked about it before. Harvard Town's kind of a tried-and-true place, but
2: I love I was this place. This the other day, it gets a little um, – it always gets that kind of Masters hangover where I don't know if it's the best talent, doesn't go to compete there, or – it's just, you know, the Masters gets such a rush as it should that kind of the, the week after is always somewhat of a sleeper tournament. And then Town kind of gets that, um, I don't know, it's almost like the Masters hangover, right? Where yeah. it's like a world-class golf course, South Carolina, right on the water, great design, um, kind of part of that Southeast swing or one of the staples of the Southeast. But you're right, it, I don't know. To an extent, it kind of gets underplayed a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think, I think recently uh, the broadcast has started really, really digging into that Harbor Town is a great test of golf. It's a ball striker's paradise, great Pete Dye, Pete Dye design. So it's gotten a lot more credit, and I'd say the past five or so years. Before that, I think it was underrated as a tour golf course. But, there, I mean, there's definitely been a little bit of ass-eating going on in the last year or so. Uh, I, I still think it's great. I, I think it really makes the guys – Like it makes you think out there. You got to carve shots around trees. You got to be in the right spot off the tees. It's not just whack driver and go find it.
1: Yeah. My problem, my qualm with the course is that from a viewer perspective, the last four holes aren't that tough at all. I mean, 15 is a par five, 16 is like a wide open par four. That's short 17 is an eight iron par three. I mean, there's some trouble, but it's an eight iron. I mean, and then 18 has, like, one of the widest fairways in golf. It's yeah, a tough it's, hole to birdie, but, I mean, it's just, just, like, not that much trouble looming down the stretch.
0: It feels like everyone makes par there. I do agree. That hole was clearly designed for 50 years ago or whatever when you would have had a four iron in your hand. Now guys are hitting short irons in, and it's it's kind of, I'd say, almost arbitrary. You're right. It just leads to a lot of pars. Right. The, the par threes, the set of par threes, though, I will yep. say is one of the better sets on the PGA tour that, that part three with the water short and right. I think it's like 14 or something. Yeah. Or 12 13 or 14. Or, or, yeah. Around there. That hole is awesome. I mean, guys just keep bailing left and, and they make bogey. Like there's a little yeah. bit of consequence over there. Cause it's a tricky downhill greens running away towards the water. It's a little scary over there. You kind of got to te- step up there and hit a good shot. So, Agree. Uh, uh, I, I like this golf course. I, I'm I'm not going to eat its ass like a, like the announcers do, but I do think it's a, a fun place to watch golf. <laughs> it's a crazy comment. It's true. I mean, I watched a lot of PGA Tour live and or not live, but uh, like Golf Channel coverage early oh, on yeah. the week. I mean, it's just like
2: this golf course, Pete Dye. I'm telling you, it's all right. We get it. Where does Pete Dye rank on the architects? I mean,
0: I don't know. We have to, Chris. We should do an architects draft. At we some should point. do. We should we've do done that. the golf States draft. I was thinking about that the other day. I, I mean, yep.
2: I guess we have we'll leave huge, that for another
1: episode.
2: Huge I mean, Donald
1: Ross bias. You do. You do. I what do.
2: we all do with just his work in the Northeast and growing up and having seen and played a lot of those courses? Right? That's fair, yeah. I would say I'm less in that boat. I, I mean, Chris is just diehard Donnie. Who's Donny the
1: guy, guy who designed Sleepy Hollow? Uh,
0: Seth Rayner. I hate Rayner. I love Seth Rayner. Hate Rayner. Might be my so favorite manufactured. Architect. We'll leave don't that for your favorite architect. <laughs> might leave that for another discussion. Uh, yeah, I we'll guess table that. Colin,
2: what what are your thoughts on Pete Dye then? Um, I mean, I played the Ocean Course, which I would say is probably one of the more recognized designs I played of his. I can't think of what other courses I played of his, but he's got, I mean, he's got quite a bit of, um, I don't know, prestige, obviously with what the players um Town, apparently Ocean his best design sawgrass and chris you've seen
0: sawgrass i guess with pete Dye, the, the thing is people say the subtleties of his design it's not sometimes it might not be the most visually intimidating hole sometimes it might be but the holes that aren't visually intimidating tend to be the trickiest ones out there which yeah. i think is cool
1: walking the grounds at sawgrass you could tell yeah you could is look it looked so much different yeah like there are some tee shots like the 10th tee you don't really think about the 10th hole like it's you don't it's not a memorable hole when you're watching on tv it's one of the scarier tee shots that i've seen and that green is fucked so like yeah there are subtle things that if you played the course you would definitely come to realize but it's definitely a different type
2: of design though right i mean it's not a parkland he doesn't really have any parkland's courses it's a lot of force carries yeah uh right. A lot of water that lurks all over the place, sand bunkers, you know, waste bunkers all over. It's definitely that, that... definitely that new design, you know, which fits more of the modern game, you know, long bombers courses, I would say rather than, you know, a lot of those tight courses up you'd say in the Northeast. Yeah. Sean, wasn't that course, the golf club that we played, wasn't that a die?
0: That was a Pete die. And that's kind of what like my reference of his courses being subtle. Like that course was not, Not overly visually intimidating. You had a lot of room off the tees. You could kind of hit it wherever, and then like you add them up at the end. Wow, that that course was harder than I thought. You know, like it it didn't seem that hard at the time, but it it plays trickier than it looks like.
2: Harbour Town's actually got a lot of similarities. You know, just given with what's going on with the PGA this year, Pete Dye course, South Carolina. Yeah. Um, You know, PGA is just a month away, but. It's interesting to see if that will be any sort of, you know, preview of who's going to play well, just given the similarities of the course. Obviously the PGA is a bigger stage. They'll probably, you know, spruce up the course a little more, but um, similarities there. Chris, I kind of want to
0: pivot us into some masters talk. Cause I know you weren't here for uh, last Sunday's episode. Owen and I talked a lot about the masters Colin, We'll get your thoughts as well, but I'm opening take. You know, Hideki wins, other storylines. What do you I'm got? I'm so
1: rattled that Xander hit that ball in the water. Because the whole day was like, this tournament's going to suck. Not going to suck because, like, it would have been cool. You know, it was cool to see Hideki win and all that. But everyone roots for an exciting tournament, especially at the Masters. Because we hype it up all year. You know, we do 100-day countdowns, 50-day countdowns. It's the afternoon that we look forward to most in golf, and so you want to see the most exciting finish. And it wasn't looking like that until Xander birdies twelve, he birdies thirteen, hits it to almost holes it on fourteen, and then the Hideki water ball on fifteen, and Xander almost holes his bunker shot on fifteen. Suddenly, it's a it was one stroke at that point, right? Two shot lead on sixteen. It was two, two shots. And Xander had the honors. If if he stuffed that ball, Hideki is spinning. He's totally yeah. spinning. It completely flips the tournament on its head. I think he would have definitely won. We didn't really, we didn't really know in the air. It kind of Dottie was like, oh, it's really high. It's at the pin. It was like this whole suspense building up, and then it just kicks in the water. You're like, "Well, fuck." Yeah, he
0: was. I mean, he was a
1: good eight yards short. It was just not even close to where you want to hit it. What do you think? Do you think he mishit that? He I said th- he flushed it.
0: I, obvi- I think he's obviously going to say that. To be honest, I think I think he probably hit it a little high on the face or something, or, or a little behind it.
2: Why would you say that you flushed it though? Right? Like, if you if you didn't flush it, would there be any reason to like lie? I...
1: <sighs> well. He kind of has the history of choking some tournaments, and I—I I don't know.
0: I think it takes some heat off of him if he says
2: he flushed it and. It doesn't add up though, you flush it and you leave it, fifteen yards short.
0: Yeah, I mean, guys leave it. Guys leave it short all the time. Um, guys miss hit shots
1: all the time. I mean, I don't you think it go... was that short. I think it was maybe ten feet short of being good, really good. Or left, maybe too far left. Or maybe he it flushed it and he pulled it a little bit.
2: Yeah
0: i mean i who really knows it it just it obviously was just a poorly executed shot i mean it's whatever you want to call it some sort of mistake was made whether it was mental not playing for far enough right not having the
1: right club yeah a a miss hit i mean also like with how everyone thinks of 16 is such an easy hole which it is if you hit it where you want but the margins are pretty slim on that hole. Like if it was an average green, like fourteen, let's say, you know, he has thirty feet, two putt for par. So it may be if not that big of a miss it as we think, or that big of a mistake. But given the circumstances, obviously ugh, you need to it miss
2: seems it. a great hole. I mean, there's always drama that happens there in point in case in, you know, this tournament with the Xander um shot in the water, but you know, you kind of get lulled into thinking, you know, it's a boring hole because, you know, they put that flag there and it funnels down and it's, you know, seems like there's just easy shots that go right to the hole. But just the amount of excitement that, that hole is somehow put on over the last It know, does decades.
1: every year. Shit right? happens.
2: You, know, you think about obviously early 2000s, the Tiger chip in, but the hole in one that happened, Tiger stuffed it close when he went on to win. Xander putting in the water there. It's, it's just an interesting hole. And I think it, you know, it's just part of that great back nine at Augusta. Right. And, you know, it's just that much closer to the finish and there's that much more excitement going.
0: Yeah. I think if it wasn't at Augusta, that pin location, Sunday pin location would honestly catch way more heat than it does. Cause it really is. It's a funnel pin. I mean, you don't have to hit that great a shot to, to get it close, but because it's Augusta, because like you said, it, there's always excitement there every year. And because of that, it makes it fun. I mean, golf really is an entertainment product. Who cares if it's, you know, sl- it, it's probably a little bit Mickey Mouse, but who cares? It, it, it's exciting.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, speaking to the exci- all the exciting holes on the back, has anything ever exciting happened on 17? No. I mean, that just seems like the most boring hole to place in the most exciting stretch of golf.
0: 14 and 17, I, I think uh kind of just stop all the momentum of that yeah nine.
1: i mean apparent they apparently have insane greens like the green complexes are some of I the mean, that green
2: complex they really had that flag this year i mean tucked on that back right i mean even the shot hideki hit in there you know if you blow that five yards to the right or five yards deep i mean you're you're in jail so there is danger that lurks but
1: it just seems like nothing exciting happens on that hole ever
0: you're right, but like, like the fact that we never like honestly looking at 17 on TV, you don't see that. Like you don't see the danger. I don't know why it, you know they show the shot from the fairway, they show the shot from the tee, on the green that camera is placed behind the green. So you can't see any of the slopes on the front of the green, which just makes it seem like the most boring Monday. Yeah, I shot.
1: think it's just mostly from a viewer experience. It seems that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it I mean, you. But you're right, though. It doesn't produce any drama ever. I, I don't think I've ever seen a ball go over or come up short and go down the hill when it really mattered. Right. So, and then 18. I think 18's. I don't love 18. I think it's good, but I, I'm. It's same thing. It's like usually guys just kind of hit it up there, make par. It doesn't feel like a lot of birdies are made on that Sunday pin.
1: Nah, uh, I think it's one of the better holes on the course.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think that's – I think the back right pin location, the old Sunday pin, is better than this front. Oh
1: no, it's not.
0: I think so. No, think because you,
1: you can make birdie way easier on this pin.
0: On the front pin with how firm the greens were this year, no one was holding it there.
1: Uh, I mean, players mean,
2: were... people pull it off of, you know? Like, there's that little valley that you can um, hold it off of, right? I mean, if you land it front and run it, sure, but –
0: yeah, it's it's tough to tough to do that with um with it tucked all the way behind
2: that bunker. A good tee ball. I mean, objectively, it's one of the more entertaining tee balls on the course, right? With the shoot. Yeah,
0: it is. It is a lot of drama on the tee ball. Chris, what are your what are your thoughts on Rory? Because you came in so high on Rory, and I was I was so
1: high. On I Rory. was fighting
0: you on it. I said his swing is all over the map. Brandel confirmed that, saying he's desperate. He's working with Cowan. This is the worst the swings ever looked in his career. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know where Rory goes from here. I don't know. What do you think?
1: It's getting to the point where it's like, will he ever win again? It seems it's like that dire. I don't think it's that dire. Is it though? He hasn't won
2: in two years. It's two years removed from a player. You know, like, yeah, that's not, that's not a hot take. I feel like
1: it's. No, I'm. I'm not saying that he's never gonna win again, but I'm saying that it. It has that. It has that feel to it. It definitely has that feel to it, and I mean, definitely at the Masters. I don't know what it is at the Masters. I seriously don't know if he's in his own head or not, because it seems like it is. But it also just seems like things just don't go his way. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think.
0: I mean, I. I honestly. I feel like I have it pretty mapped out up until this point. It was mental. I think he came in every year and psyched himself out. Like we've talked about, he always blows up on Thursday or Friday. You feel like you're guaranteed to get that 75 from Rory this year. I think it was more physical. Like I just don't think his golf swing is where he wanted it to be. And there's probably some aspect of psyching himself out coming in this year anyways, but coming in with your golf swing being a complete mess is not going to help you out. He had no chance. He just he needs to reset. I think Callen's going to help him out a lot. I think he went down the wrong path with that uh, chasing distance thing he was doing. I, yeah, that, that was a joke.
2: Outrageous to me. Yeah, he needs, when, he needs to better he, and
1: improve his wedge game.
2: When you, you watch some of tournaments, he absolutely stripes the ball off the tee, and it's he's like he's a machine. He's like a robot. Yeah, he's most some one of the more flexible. You know, smooth flowing swings, and he absolutely smokes his drivers. And when he's on, you know, he eats up these golf courses. But his wedge play and his, you know, his putting, he just doesn't seem to have the feel to get the ball and up and in. You know, at the at the rate necessary to win, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's like he, it's almost as if he didn't look at his stats. Leading in strokes gained driving, and you know, a hundredth in putting, and hundred twenty fifth in wedge play, right? And it's like, look at the, look at the board, dude, like figure out what you need to work on.
0: Yeah. He said, I think he said one, year, one season in the top 50 and putting in his career. I think it was like so bad. Third. And it was so his bad. best, the best year of his career. I think it was 2014 and every other year. I mean, he's, he's 70th or worse. It's, it's really brutal. Like, I feel like you're right. He doesn't look at his stats. And and every guy out there probably thinks they're a great putter. So he
1: probably does too. And, you know, he's probably good compared to us, but at the moment. Here's a question for you. And this might segue into our next um, segment. Who do you think's had a better career, DJ or Rory? I know what you're going to say, Sean, but what do you think about that?
0: I'll let let Colin share his take because mine's dead set. I don't want to influence him.
2: I would say just based on, like, major championships, it's hard to not say Rory, right? Just given how dominant he was, you know, in an early part of his career, definitely had the pedigree. You know, DJ's DJ's had two now, so he's not far off. And he's definitely had a more steady career where I think he's DJ's grown and matured more throughout his golf career. Whereas I think Rory came out very hot and is now kind of fizzled. So I think DJ's yeah. definitely making ground on him. But you know, Rory was, you know, he ran away with the US Open, you know, lowest as anyone has ever gone at a US Open, uh, combined with two PGAs and a British, right? So um I mean, the stretch of golf that he played is hard to overlook and it's easy looking in hindsight and looking in the rear view, but um I don't know. It's easy to have recency bias with DJ, I would say, right?
1: So I think so let me read you their stats so you can decide for yourself. DJ twenty seven tour wins. Rory eighteen. There's nine more wins. DJ has two majors. Rory has four, but Rory has a players. DJ has six WGCs. Rory has three. They both held world number one for about the same time. DJ, 125 weeks. Rory, 106 weeks. Rory's won two majors by five or more. DJ's won one major by five or more. They've been to about the same number of Ryder Cups. Rory has... Two money leader years. DJ has one. Rory has three Varden trophies, which is lowest scoring average. DJ has two. And Rory has three player of the years. DJ has two. And then Rory has a bunch of like European tour player of the years, order of merits. So Rory's kind of clipped them a little bit on the awards basis. They've been number one for about the same time. Rory has a players and two more majors. It's hard not to say Rory probably, but I think it's an interesting debate. Yeah, I would
0: take DJ. I mean, I think the nine more wins is, is a significant number. Um, and it just, I mean, his, his success is so sustained. Like the guy, the winning every year since his rookie year thing is just ridiculous. Like that's hard to fathom in this age of golf. That doesn't happen.
2: Who uh, had a better peak? do you think, DJ or Rory? Who had a better what? Like, when they're playing at their best over their career, it's better.
0: I think with DJ's on, he's unbeatable. Any given week, when DJ's on, I I take him over anyone. But peak of, like, two years dominance, Rory definitely
1: clips him there. I actually agree with that take. I think DJ, in a four-day stretch at his peak, is better than probably everyone except Tiger.
0: I agree. I think he's, like, literally the second most dominant player at his peak, maybe maybe ever, which is a borderline outrageous to say, but a guy goes on cruise control. I mean, that 60 he shot at TPC Boston that Chris, we watched that round just seemed like one of the most unbelievable displays of golf. And it feels like he's capable of that at any given
1: moment. I agree.
0: So I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like in four days, DJ is literally one of the scariest players we've ever seen.
2: Who's fall from grace recently? Would you be more scared of Rory or Kepka? I was going to ask the same injury, thing. much, injury.
0: I'm scared for Kapka. To be honest, this has been a long. This has been a long time. This this knee injury. This has been going on for a while.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, it's not that he hasn't kind of worked around it. You know, as evident by his win at at uh, Scottsdale this year. Right. He's definitely been able to kind of, you know, manage the injury. I would say. But it doesn't seem to be getting better, right? So from a from a health standpoint, it's hard to feel good about where Kepka's game's headed, just because you know your body and your lower body is so crucial to playing. Or is always more mental? Um, right. Which you know, who knows what's harder to fix, right? You know, personally, I would say men, mentally is is tough to fix. But that's the thing with Kepka is
0: I think he's probably the strongest mental game guy that we've seen since tiger i think you could make that argument and when he's healthy i mean he was healthy two months ago and he won I mean, the guy hadn't played golf in in seemingly forever when he's healthy he's gonna win like he's just so good now he's he's tried and true he's clutch he's gonna come up in the big moments the only thing that's holding him back is his body so when he heals up i i'm taking him because he really he said it before. He only needs a couple weeks to get ready for a major. You know, he he's going to grind his ass off for a couple weeks, and he'll probably show up and and win a U.S. Open.
2: It's interesting because I feel like he was one of the, um, you know, obviously Bryson has taken on this workout and uh, you know bodybuilding to a whole new level, but Kepka was one of the the earlier guys who you know recently was it was you know all about the weightlifting and bodybuilding and kind of this this new wave, right? I remember. You Know 2016, 2017, he was, um, I don't know, he was kind of leading the peak with that, right? Which to go from there and being all about his fitness and how strong he was and how good his core was to hit the ball all over these U.S. Open courses to now having, you know, weak knees, um, you know, it's it's you know, it's hard to see, it's hard to watch,
0: yeah. I mean, the Spider Man putting thing was just outrageous, it <laughs> that was That's so funny. Constant. He just was not ready for that.
1: It's also interesting, Rory versus Brooks, because uh, they have the same number of majors. And Colin and I have been talking about it for a long time who's going to win more majors? They're also like the same age, basically. I mean, Brooks yeah. is 30, Rory's 31. So it'll be funny to see. I think there's a good chance both of them don't win a major.
0: I think Brooks is much more likely to win a major at this point. I think if he's healthy, he's the the sky's the limit for him. The only thing that's holding him back is his body.
2: But yeah, it's he on, right on the right side. These are top tricky. Top it, but I think I'm biased.
1: <laughs> I don't know Rory
2: Acila. Rory Acila, he's defending Acila right PGA Championship here in a month. Yeah, what did he win by eight? Yeah, he dominated. I remember that Sunday. It was similar was to what we were crazy. talking about earlier you know, you love to see these golf tournaments, especially majors, you know, come down to the wire um, just because all of the excitement and that Rory win at Kia, I remember was, you know, cruise control, similar to like, you know, what we saw with Stuart Sink today, just never a sweat. Chris, what are your,
0: uh, what do your hall of fame models say about Brooks? I want to, I want to get into this. Cause this is a
2: cool little thing that Chris did over the last week or two. I wouldn't even say it's the last week. I mean, this has been a last conversation. 24 hours. But this has been a conversation that Chris and I have had for, I don't know, weeks or months where, um, you know, what really determines on what you get into the Hall of Fame and what, what, what is the, you know, metric? Is it wins? Is it Ryder Cups? Is it majors? Is it longevity, world golf ranking, right? So there's all these different factors that, you know, I've always thrown these guys at Chris and we've kind of debated about the metrics and this and that. So,
1: so um, I think, um, what was I going to say?
2: Uh, let me just say right now, I think we
0: care as the Chili Dip Pod. I think we care more about the Hall of Fame in golf than, than the any players. singular organization in all of sports. Like we act like it's Canton, Ohio, and uh, it's well, just- it should be. It, it should I, be, but so it's started as a joke. And I well, think this is, really this funny is my part of
2: the, the other day. I asked him where the Hall of Fame was. He couldn't even put an answer to it. So August, he, loves, he loves the exclusivity of it, but he doesn't even know where it is.
1: All right, relax, buddy. I Here's what I want to say about the Hall of Fame is it should be like Ken, but it's not. And I'll tell you what the ballot is right now. They do it on a point system. Um, you have to get to 50 points. A major is worth six. A player's is worth four. Euro tour and PGA tour is worth three. They wait Euro tour and PGA tour the same. And then Japan tour, Sunshine tour, Australasia and Champions tour is two. PGA tour is three. <laughs> Sunshine tour is two. Think about that for a second. And European tour is three. And European Tours Three—that is
2: crazy town. This is the actual algorithm that the Hall of Fame of Golf uses. Yes, for the I international ballot. I didn't know they ballot. had a
1: real algorithm for the international bout. This is how it works.
2: So, so right, point Gordon. being, Chris has come up with his own algorithm because it—you know—it doesn't really seem like the algorithm at hand is all that accurate, right?
1: I mean, it's a total joke, and it this seems is like why they slapped the that together
2: in two hours. Like they
0: literally slapped that together. in if a couple you hours. win,
1: if you win, if you win three Sunshine Tour events, it's equivalent to a major. <laughs> it's just three Australasia, three Japan Tour, three Champions Tour, equivalent to a major. That is
2: insane. That's outrageous. So, South African Tour. Yeah. How many sunshine tours does Louis have? Probably not that many, to be honest.
0: Because doesn't Mike matter. Before. He's too it's good Mike to play. Hall of thing. Famer. Uh,
2: I think <laughs> yeah, Louis,
1: Louis Louis might sneak be the Hall, Hall of Fame off <laughs> <all laughs> sunshine tour wins alone.
2: Is <laughs> <laughs> in the Hall of Famer? I mean, I feel like all my South African stands might actually have a shot here, Chris.
1: So You're my right. system, I have a point system, and so here it is for me. You have to be 14 points or higher to be in the Hall of Fame. You get one for a PGA Tour win. Okay. Majors are worth two. So they're worth double. Players are one and a half, and WGCs are 1.25. Just a little more weighted than a regular Tour win. Euro Tour, 15% of a PGA Tour win. You get oh, 0.15 points.
0: 15%. Wow. That's Pascalini might
2: have something to say
0: about that. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's
2: too I low?
1: Because it's
0: doesn't I would st- put it at 0.
1: 0.25. Okay.
0: I also uh, think having majors worth double a tour event is just ridiculously low. Like it should be, I think, five points for a major.
1: That uh, that would put Ben Curtis in the Hall of Fame.
0: Well that would put on
1: Cabrera in the Hall of Fame.
0: I mean, two majors puts you at if with that metric. Let's say it's five, puts you at ten points. Two majors and four PGA Tour wins would
1: get you in. I think that's a Hall of Fame career. Two made wait, two majors and four tour wins. You think is a Hall of Fame career? Yeah, four
0: separate tour wins. So you'd have six wins.
1: Oh, six wins and two. See, majors. that's why this is where you have to create. Can that's not good enough. That's not an all time great. So let me let me just go through. All right, all right. Let me go go through 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 the rest of this. We'll argue about this after. USAM.
2: Well, 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 I'll let you go. Just
1: just let me go. USAM is one equivalent to a tour one. Reaching number one in the world with a minimum hold of four weeks, you get two plus an additional two percent for every week held. okay? Okay, that doesn't really come into effect, but just to even the scales. If you win a major by five or more, you get an extra point for each one that you do. If you win multiple majors, you get an extra point. Each Ryder Cup appearance, 0.2. And then for awards, PGA Tour Money Leader, Varden Trophy, or Player of the Year, you get one for each. And then Euro Tour Money Leader, Player of the Year, or Race to Dubai, you get... Fifteen percent. You get 0.15, which is the same ratio. And then, if you don't want a major in your career, subtract two from the total score.
2: Okay. So where, do, where does President's Cup come into play?
1: President's Cup. I haven't factored that in. You're just at a disadvantage if you're an international player, but it doesn't really <laughs> make it doesn't really make a difference. What honestly. about
0: Ratif Goosen? He's like right on the bo- on the cusp. On your... So job. you want
1: to you want to talk about Ratif Goosen, and I'll tell you why he's not a Hall of Famer. Or why he shouldn't be, because he is actually in the Hall of Fame. For people that don't know, Goosen has twelve and a quarter points in
2: my system, so he's short in my system,
1: and I think it makes sense.
2: He does have nine Sunshine Tour wins, so <laughs> right. probably put him over the edge. That's why yeah. he's in. It's probably it's why he's in
1: Sunshine Tour wins. <laughs> it's a joke. This guy has won two majors. Okay, a tour championship. And four garbage wins. That's not an all-time great. To be in the Hall of Fame, you have to be an all-time great. This guy was did not have the consistency, the longevity, or the peak, in my mind, to deserve a Hall of Fame spot.
0: I think that's valid. Uh, oh, that's I mean, a perfect case study of what I was just saying, though. Two PG, or two majors and four other PGA Tour right. wins. Right. Well, and he's in.
1: Angel Cabrera has two majors.
0: Angel Cabrera a- is not getting in strictly based off what's transpired. <laughs> <about>.
1: <laughs> he's sitting in a Brazilian prison. <laughs> he's going to have a
0: tough time making his uh, his inauguration if he gets inducted. Is he actually in a prison? Oh, yeah. He's rotting away in Brazilian prison right now.
1: It's He's pretty- about to get extradited to Argentina. Anyways, Angel Cabrera is nowhere close to Hall of Fame, yet he's close to the same career as Ratif Goosen. They both have two majors. Angel Cabrera is a Greenbrier. Okay, cancel it out with the Tour Championship. The only difference between Goosen and Cabrera is Goosen won the 05 International, which is a Stableford event, which couldn't get enough sponsor money, so they canceled the event. And the 2002 Bell South, which was the week after the players, so it was basically an off-field event, which was also canceled, and then two Valspar's. That's Retief
2: Goosen. Yeah, but he won at Shinnecock, so.
1: So he has two majors, and therefore he's an all-time great. He's his highest world rank is three. Okay, and that's pretty significant. he, He never won a Players. He never won a WGC. You know, he has these garbage wins besides his majors. He was never the money leader. In fact, he was only inside the money list. He was only inside the top 10 money of the money list four times in his career. He was 10th, 10th, 8th and
2: 6th. Never. Oh, but he's a two-time order of merit winner on the Euro tour, so that's yeah, got to count. Right.
1: Never top 5 in the money list. He only had one multiple win season. He didn't win his on his last 9 years on tour. He he was never in the top 4 in scoring average in any year of his career. He's never player of the year. I mean, Chris, how can you consider this guy to be in the Hall of Fame? This is what's diluting the Hall of Fame. This is the problem. You have guys like Retief Goosen getting in. What do
0: you consider an all-time great? Like, do you want the Hall of Fame to really only be, like, the top 30 players of all time or the top 20 players? Because um, if so, that's a really exclusive Hall no. of Fame. That's the smallest. In
1: no, sport. when I think all-time great, I think top 50 to 100 player.
0: Okay, well, Retief Goosen's probably a top 100 player in terms of accolades of all time. There's not a lot of two-time major winners.
1: Yeah, but I think, the, I think you're overvaluing the two majors. I think you need to show more consistency and more longevity. If you're only going to win, if you're only going to have eight good days of golf, I don't think that, I think you need to show more. I think you need to show more than winning two garbage events, two Valspars, and a tour championship.
2: Well, so it's, a longevity, we right? it's, more a, it's more of a longevity conversation. It's, you know, cause you can definitely strike lightning in a bottle and be the best in the world in a weekend. Right. But, Which I yeah, think but, saying so.
1: But, and, but I think that if you having a hot year should count, like, but he never had a hot year. He won twice his best year. He won twice. And he was never in top five in any of these rankings. I mean, at his peak, he wasn't even a top five player on tour.
0: Chris, if you're saying four to eight days shouldn't have that big of an influence on how we regard a player, look at DJ's last last year's Masters win. That was the most important four days of his career. It was. The most important four days of anyone's career in the last 10 or so years, maybe barring Tiger. It's the, it was so important because people had said he'd underachieved up until that point in his career. That win validated his totally. In a lot of people's minds totally. I think it's I think it's borderline reckless to say that four four days shouldn't make Oregon. no no
1: no 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 no. That's not what I'm saying because he has he has the rest of it. He has the rest of it. To back agreed,
0: it agreed. But in many people's eyes, DJ was not the the best player of this generation. Until he won the Masters, that's a big swing to go from saying, "Yeah, he's you know he's good, but not great. He's not he's not all right." A no, I
1: I, I agree. Has. I agree with you. I didn't want that my that comment to come off the wrong way, but I think you need both. I think you need both. Yeah,
0: yeah. But where do you draw the line? Because Retief Goosen, you said top 100 player should get in. Retief Goosen's probably a top 70 player of all time. When you really break it down, maybe even top 50. So. It depends on how exclusive you want to make it. But
1: here's like, so, so here's another guy. So like Padraig Harrington, he has 14 and a half points. So he's in, in my system, he's only won six times on tour, but he is, I mean, he's three majors, but he has three majors and he has a player of the year, three majors. You should So be he's in had a good, a he's had a peak year and he's had three majors. So even with only three other wins on tour. Yeah. He still gets in. Um, but I don't think Ratif has shown enough with just the two majors. I don't think yeah. that, that gets you in.
0: What does your model say about other guys? I don't want to spend too much time talking about <laughs> what does your model say about a guy like Lee Westwood? Because you're hard on you're very critical about the European tour, so, about, about uh tours abroad. So,
1: so I'll just give you like quick rundown so you have an idea of the scale. Like, uh, Zach Johnson's at 16. Justin Rose, 16.1, Bubba Watson, 16.3, Jason Day, 17, Sergio, 17, Kepka, 18.7, Adam Scott, 19, JT, 21, Spieth, 23. Okay, so you have a lot of guys that are well past that 14 benchmark. Guys like Keimer at 12, Luke Donald, who hasn't won a major, still at 11.5, which is a really good score for having not won a major. yeah. Kucher at 11 and a half. Patrick Reed at 11. Stenson at 10 and a half. Um, Lee Westwood,
0: 9.2. That's surprising to me that Lee Westwood is below Luke Donald in your rankings. I would have had yeah, Lee like Westwood quite as a like bit. the closest. I mean, and that's probably because you undervalue, or I wouldn't say undervalue, but you value European tour wins less yes. than I do. Yeah, and I think Lee West would be, would be closer in most people's eyes, and I think he'll get in based on the, I mean, the criteria that they picked is is complete bullshit. But based on their criteria, he's going to get in, right?
1: Right. But and, and but when you look at Luke Donald, I mean, he's has a money leader title, he has a Varden Trophy, he has a Player of the Year, which all came in the same year. But he had one damn good year. He did. What was and, that? Two thousand eleven or twelve? I think or? eleven he yeah. held the world number one for 56 weeks and so like here's oh, a
2: guy at one
0: yeah yeah i he i mean he had a really 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 good like two three year stretch there where he was just the, the best player in the world he only won four times i think five times yeah five times so yeah i want honestly when you look at it probably one of those guys that's maybe top three or four player to never win a major at 56 weeks at number one in the world. He's got
1: to be up there and he kind of gets
0: forgotten about in that conversation.
1: I agree. I totally agree. I think him and Kuchar are guys that get forgotten about in that conversation. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think Westwood, I mean, he's Westwood's going to get into the hall of fame with two tour wins. They're garbage wins, by the way, not to say that every, like these are, garbage garbage wins but relative to premier events they're yeah i mean hey wins. like
0: you know even guys like tiger has garbage wins speed has right. the john deere so like right what, i'm what not like tr-
1: i'm not trying to rag on lee but he has two pga tour wins he's gonna get into the hall of fame and he hasn't been like one of these guys that have been like the first in their country like the guy from japan i forget his name who's a Jumbo the ozaki yeah ozaki like he was a pioneer for his country in golf that's not the case with lee so he has to get in on his own merit and two tour wins is not going to cut it
0: what does your model say about a guy like hideki matsuyama i mean that's that's very recent i'm I'm hideki's
1: at seven and a half he has six wins obviously the masters he has two wgcs but he hasn't done anything else
0: Sarge, do you think Hideki's going to get in just based off that, off off the Masters?
2: Uh that's a tough one to say. Because um,
0: if Izaki's in, I think I think Hideki's guaranteed. I think at this
1: Hideki's point. I mean, guaranteed.
2: I will, I will say Hideki needed that major, right? I mean, he was probably one of the best players who have not won a major, right? That's always kind of a stat that people talk about, whether it was Sergio a few years ago or, you know, maybe. You know the Fleetwoods of the world are probably growing into that conversation, right? But Hideki was definitely one of those players who had been around, competed for a long time. For him to finally come through and get a major certainly helps validate his game. Um, and it's yeah, I think map. I was
0: number two in the world at one point a couple of years ago. And right? He's he's had some big wins. Chris, I'm curious also to know what is what's Ricky's ranking. And uh... yeah,
1: so I plugged in. Ben gotta be.
2: Negative factors that are pulling ricky back right
1: <laughs> I mean. well the one the only negative i have in my algorithm is if you don't want to major you subtract two so that's like the big drawback that's a,
2: that's, a, that's a neg
1: that's a neg so i plugged in ben curtis ricky fowler and ian Poulter. where would you rank those guys
0: i know what your your model actually says i remember looking at this and being very surprised but i would say ricky's at the top for me but
1: and I like. There's
2: obviously like extra. Well, Poulter's, Poulter's got to have more Ryder Cup, right? I mean, that's definitely got to help. I think the him. Ryder Cup
0: does a lot for him. I think it's honestly, out. I would put it without Ryder Cup, it would be Ricky, Ben Curtis, and Ian Poulter in that order. I think yeah. Ryder Cup's gonna vault Poulter up and potentially get him in. To be honest,
2: that's all Poulter's. You know, I mean, that's Ooh. that's what his bread and butter is. I mean, that's that's where he's made his his career through the Ryder Cup, right? More yeah. so than eight you're probably right. Yeah,
0: the Ryder Cup has probably done the most for Ian Poulter out of any player yeah. in their career. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, the guy's a
1: really—he's not a very good golfer. He, he's what
2: really, is What is Land for the uh, you know the mid-tier English golfer, golfers.
0: <sighs> He's—I I think he's north—he's Northern Irish.
2: Oh, he's Northern Irish. Yeah. That's-
0: what about a guy like Paul <laughs> Casey? <laughs> Because Paul Casey's kind of in the same boat as Ian Poulter, like plays well in the Ryder Cup, has been on a lot of Ryder Cup teams. Yeah, I think, I think Casey's much
1: better than Poulter, though.
2: I agree. Casey- I think Casey's great. Great. Never won a major right now. He's got to be up there too. He's one of the better ones, yeah.
0: And he, I mean, he's really one of the best players to never win five times, given his talent level and how consistent he's been in the last twenty years, really. Yeah, I mean, the guy's probably played. He's probably played twenty Masters at this point, or fifteen Masters. And I think he has two wins. Like that's amazing to do. That's actually really, really hard to do. I mean, you got to yeah. stay in the top fifty in the world rankings. You gotta, you gotta be consistent year in, year
1: out to get in. And uh, he just has not walked himself into a win. Yeah, Casey's sick. Ian Poulter's. I don't think he's even a good golfer. His three Houston tour wins,
2: wins. They aren't even that good. I don't want to be rude, but he won the Valspar twice. And Shell Houston, like who? casey those are casey okay yeah oh,
1: he two yeah. yeah so i guess he has the same as polter how many euros does casey have i don't have casey in my system
2: 15 euros
1: and polter has 12 so it's pretty similar i it's
2: think he's worth sim- putting in your
0: in your model i think he's a guy that he could end up getting it just based off european
1: tour it's and- so bad so what i was going to say about your model is manual entry we have to put in the stats. It's not drawing from Wikipedia. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Colin,
0: I don't know what you think our
2: budget is around here, but we're working with Excel I'm not going to put in
1: 30 hours to have it draw,
2: you know. You're, you're, co- dude, you're probably you know, a computer science major. Just Build all the
1: macros to
2: have it. <laughs> Case Western, I mean, send that over to him. He'll probably be
1: done with it in an hour. So Ricky's at four and a half points. Four and a half out of 14
0: to get in. Ben Curtis is higher than him. What about Fred Couples? Is he in your
1: model? No, I was actually – I wanted to put Put, him in, but
0: put I Couples in because he's the go-to case of the Hall of Fame is a joke because he has one major and whatever,
2: 12 wins. But and
1: he, he has so many wins. I think he has, has 15
2: wins. He's, he's 12, wins. What you 12 or about? 15. Well, right, he's 15 wins. He's on a ton of Ryder Cups, dude. You're right, but people
0: say you should have multiple majors to get in. He's really the go-to case of – like people point at him as being – Oh, they let that guy in. They let him slide because he's well. Former
2: world number one. I mean, he's checked off a lot of boxes.
0: Yeah, he definitely has a better career than Ricky. I'm, I'm not going to argue player. that. Oh, couples versus Ricky? But they're it's similar close. in terms of like the fact that they're very well liked and they're seen as no, like the no, cool not guys close. of the generation. They're not
1: close. They're not close. Ricky has right. five wins. Close. Couples has 15. And Couples has the Masters. Yeah. And Couples has hit number one in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think people to, discredit couples' career more than they should. To be honest, to a certain
2: extent, not to get wrapped around the tree here, but there should be like a tier system, right? Because I feel like there's a second tier of golf tournaments where they're more valuable than tournaments below. Like if you're winning the, I don't know, LA Open, or you know, if you're winning
1: the Memorial, the more Arnold
2: Palmer versus like winning the Shell Houston Open, right? I mean,
1: yeah, no, that, that's a valid point. Yeah, that would just drop Retief even lower into the (laughs)
2: ranks.
1: But I think Um, the the point that gets honestly a little bit lost
0: here is I think you built a better model than the World Golf Hall of Fame has developed over the last 40 plus years. Yeah, in an hour. Built that in an hour. Like that, that is scary. That the fact that there are sports hall of fame and Chris Bornhorst, who does not have a degree in statistics (laughs) or anything, Put together Anything. an Excel spreadsheet that is more accurate than the World Golf Hall of
1: Fame.
2: Do you have a Do you have a degree, Christopher?
0: In three weeks. Well, you have a degree from undergrad. I have
1: a degree from undergrad. Yeah, I'll get, I'll have my master's degree. I'll be in the big time. Yeah, you'll be big time. We're gonna have <laughs> so, to start calling you Doctor soon. So, <laughs> what I'll say. The last thing I want to mention is the Tiger versus Jack. Uh, yeah. So, to give you a sense. You know, as we said, Rory has 41 points. DJ is 43, VJ 47, Phil 55. I and mean, these are the all-time, all-time grades. Jack 136 and Tiger 160. See, to me, that
0: difference seems too big. And it's I'm a not- big
1: difference. To me, it kind of shows that Tiger had a, easily a better career than Jack. And I, I weighted Jack's – I gave Jack two players – same as Tiger cuz they didn't have the players back then. They didn't have WGC, so I gave him the same number of WGCs. And I gave him the same weeks at world number 1, and I gave him the same number of Varden trophies cuz those were all things that weren't back then and I think it's pretty fair, if not a little generous to give Jack all of those as Tiger had. Even with that, Tiger there's a significant gap. I mean, you have to wait the majors you have to overvalue majors. What would immensely. the majors
0: have to be valued at? I know you've messed around with this a little bit. What would the majors have to be valued at? They're at two right now. PGA Tour wins are one to make Jack equal to Tiger because I think you have majors a little bit undervalued.
1: For Jack to pass Tiger, majors have to be 10 to one.
0: So that's too much. I agree. Uh, but I think five to one is not unreasonable or four to one. Right. Right. Which would so make that it a lot closer. closes the gap.
1: That really closes the gap, yeah. So then it's with five, it's 205 to 190. Yeah. So that closes the gap.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think it makes an interesting conversation. The fact that you have Tiger a little bit higher and Jack's career accolades just on a, on a piece of paper might be slightly more impressive. Just the fact that he has three more majors. But when you really break it down, maybe, maybe Tiger's accolades all put together and the fact that he did it in a shorter period of time It might make it closer than people think.
2: He's definitely got more wins, right?
0: I mean, he's got nine more, eighty-two to seventy-three over over Jack. Yeah,
1: he's got the
2: USAMs, right? I mean, he's got the USAMs. Jack has Mm one. Items that that Tiger's got that Jack doesn't, and then Tiger has. The flip side is Jack's got the more majors, right? I mean, it's yeah. You could you could you could you could have this debate all day long. Yeah, Tiger
1: has five major wins of five or more strokes. Jack has two.
2: But I'm not going to put too much weight in a you know 24 year old who grew up watching Tiger's biased model towards Tiger, right? But I <laughs> I think I'm the fair, least
1: biased I, here. I I never to be fair, Starroom. I did this before putting them in. But no,
2: I know I'm I'm just messing with you. I think I, frankly, I mean, your system's good. I think I think it's <laughs> much better than what's being
0: used at the moment. Anyways. But I, it's an interesting conversation. I'm sure we'll bring this into... I, I love doing the World Golf Hall of Fame debates. We've done them before. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys we could talk about. There's more guys that we didn't talk about today that are playing right now. Like guys like Webb Justin Simpson. Rose, Webb Simpson. Like we, we really could go on all day about it. And it's pretty fun to do. So we'll we'll do some more down the road. But that was honestly pretty cool for you to develop that accurate of a model in such a short time.
1: Uh, so colin i heard that you had some trivia for us
2: uh yeah hang on one sec
1: oh, you gotta dial it up
2: sorry my buddy just walked into my room
1: i'm running on six
2: uh, percent computer battery so let's get this let's in, go man.
1: let's go <laughs> let's
2: go <laughs> <It could> be, <laughs> bleak we
0: could lose our whole
2: episode here uh we well, just in honor of uh you know stewie sink winning uh the rbc today and then we talked about augusta earlier uh a little bit of georgia tech history for you obviously uh Stuart Sink went to Georgia Tech. He's got it on the bag, as you can see. He's walking around out there. But um, interesting trivia, just you know, Georgia Tech golfers, uh, pro golfers in general, and then kind of just the talent that they've produced, kind of an underrated school, I think, for talent. Obviously, you've got Bobby Jones, who uh, arguably one of the, the greatest uh, golfers or you know, most influential in the game in history. But there's some sneaky other good Georgia Tech golfers who I figured, um, you know, just given that Stuart Sink went there um you know kind of on the cusp of the hall of fame if you will i mean you've got matt kuchar who was a graduate um larry Mize won a master's uh david Duval, world number one golfer in wow, it really... yeah i did not know that uh, so there's a couple good ones in there i'm trying to think any others obviously stewart sink um tyler strafaci yeah, uh, Andy <laughs> Ovaltree, I think. He was a USAM. Georgia Tech back to back USAMs in the last year. Yeah, two that's years.
0: actually
2: yeah. wild. Ovaltree and then Strafaci. Chris, uh, throw a
0: Stuart Sink into your model.
2: Just young kid young kid Ollie Schneider uh, is a Georgia Tech grad. He's actually Chris a mascot.
1: He's, He's got Sink in my model.
2: He's got ties to Andover.
1: What's going on with Schneider Jans recently?
2: He's on the web right now. He, uh, after, I mean, dude, he contended. He was number one am, right? It wasn't oh, even, even, even the highest am. I, I yeah. yeah. He was.
0: He was. I mean, he was just a perennial ball striker, but kind of disappeared off the map. I don't know. He was fun to watch. One of the only guys out there without a hat on. Kind of. Where
2: does, where does, where does Kucher stand in the Hall of Fame?
0: Uh, he's probably not in on Chris's model, but. In terms, of, in him, be in terms in of consistency, anything. like, that guy is really, like, the
1: model of it. He'd be in with a major.
0: Yeah, it's probably fair. It's probably fair, to be honest. Do we have any other any other thoughts from this week? Or are we we looking forward to next week?
1: We're looking forward, forward it, to beyond. Honestly,
0: boring golf week all in all. Like, Sink just kind of blew everyone out of the water. Almost went wire to wire. But uh, good to see him win. So,
2: yeah. Boring golf week. So you had to get the most electric guest you've had on today. Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) exactly. I don't know about that. Boring golf week. Potentially boring guest. Maybe (laughs) matches up pretty well. But, Sarge, we thank you for coming on. That was fun.
2: Yeah. Hopefully, we get some views on this one. And uh, you know, this is my claim to fame. So happy to be on the pod.
0: The Chili Dip (laughs) listeners will always return.
2: Hopefully, I can get on the TikTok account some more this summer. So.
0: Oh yeah, we'll be dropping fire tiktoks follow us at chili dip Pods. shameless plug we'll see oh, you next week i hit a chili dip it was off the it was off the hosel i mean cameron davis, a davis is a joke mike you got any now, takes on the e-golf pro tour
2: you already have iron covers. you already look like a giant <laughs> pussy
1: i
0: don't care i honestly what don't give a, str- a shit <laughs> <laughs> he could be six feet under at this point whoever Jeez. WD. <laughs>
2: I
1: didn't watch a single <coughs> bit of it, but I'm going to chirp at the Fairmont St. Andrews because of the name. Yeah, Paul Tesori. Been... Paul Tesori, friend of the pod. Neiman, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah, Friend so of the pod on Betsy. It's... Terrell Haddon, are you kidding me?
0: And there's a raccoon, no joke, like 20 feet away. From
1: <laughs> Florida. Say Florida, I'm hanging Florida. No, you can't yeah. say Florida.